So our scripture reading this evening comes from Hebrews chapter 13, beginning with verse 7. And I'll be reading from the English Standard Version, but please feel free to follow along in whatever version that you're using. This is the Word of God. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the Word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the camp, outside the gate, in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Through him, then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls, as those who will have to give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that will be of no advantage to you. This is the word of God. Thank you so much, Joe, for reading the word of God so well for us. I've said to some people that the peculiarizing of the church and handing over the authority to some of the elders feels a bit, as the church planter, like marrying off a daughter. Uh, it is incredibly personal. About five years ago, Facebook reminded me that we were in Link Hotel, about 20 of us, casting a vision for what a church in Singapore could be. And to see what God has done among us in the last five years has just been amazing. He has brought so many wonderful people to join us on this journey. So each and every one of you, members of One Covenant Church, are people that Cindy and I have gotten to know personally, have grown to love. Joseph and Aaron, who will be ordained tonight, they are fellow elders, or soon to be, but more than that, they are dear friends, and they are brothers in the Lord. And it has been an immense joy for us to get to know them, and their wives, Shoping, and Eileen, and their families. It's a great joy for me to be able to be here, to bring the Word of God. Now, Joel preached, uh, he read for us from Hebrews 13, 7 to 17. But the word that I want to bring you, I'm going to focus on verses 7 and 17. It's a charge to the elders, to the congregation, and to all of us. Now, Hebrews 13, 7, let me remind you of what it says. It says, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. Verse 17 says this, obey your leaders, and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Friends, we're living in a world that is increasingly suspicious of authority 
And some of that suspicion is very valid. Perhaps because we've seen the abuse of authority or there's suspicion in our hearts about whether those in authority have our best interests at heart. Now, friends, those are very legitimate concerns. But I want to submit to you that the Word of God tells us that the alternative to bad or abusive authority is not no authority. That will be anarchy. The antidote to bad authority or abusive authority is good and pure and benevolent authority. And friends, as Christians, we need look no further but to the character and the person of God himself for the good and benevolent authority that all of us need in our lives. God himself is supremely powerful, and we know that because he created everything and everyone. At the same time, our God is supremely merciful, and we see his mercy in his giving of his Son for us and for our salvation. God, the one who reigns over all and yet draws near to us in the person of Jesus Christ, always has the best interests of his people at heart. If you are a person who names the name of Christ, know this, no matter what you are facing in your life, God always has your best interests at heart. He is always working for your good and for his glory. And one of the ways that God works for our good and for his glory is to give us human authorities to lead us. I was reading in my quiet time yesterday morning in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5, and Jesus is called the ruler of kings on earth. He is the ultimate ruler of all the kings who are here on earth. And in the passage we just read, it says in verse 7, remember your leaders who spoke to you the word of God. And verse 17, obey your leaders. They are keeping watch over your souls. One of the ways that God, our King, cares for us is by giving us leaders who will speak the word of God over us and who will watch over our souls. The great reformer John Calvin put it this way, because the Lord does not dwell among us in visible presence, he uses the ministry of men to declare openly his will to us as a sort of delegated work, that through their mouths he may do his will work. So friends, as we begin to transition authority and appoint elders, remember first and foremost that God is our supreme authority and in his benevolent goodness, he has given to us elders, leaders to speak the word of God over us and to watch over our souls. And so from this passage, let me share with you three words to the elders, two words to the members, and one word to all of us. Three words to the elders. Aaron and Joseph, from verse 7, the first word to both of you is to speak the word of God to the people of God. As men who are called to be elders, you are first and foremost meant to be men of the word. You are those of whom Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.15 are to be those who rightly handle the word of truth. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 2, Paul tells Timothy to preach, to reprove, to rebuke, to exhort with complete patience and teaching. Not only must you know the word and handle it rightly, you must speak the word of God over the people of God for the good of their souls. 
Aaron and Joseph, and I put myself into this group, we must first and foremost be known as men of the Word of God. There will be a diversity of political views, different degrees of financial acumen, cultural savviness, and even our family values may vary slightly. These are all important things, but none of these things should be first and foremost in our lives. As men who are called to be elders of God's church, we must be first and foremost men of God's word. So Aaron and Joseph, make it your aim to study God's word, to pray God's word, to internalize God's word, to live God's word, and to speak God's word to the people of God. And Aaron and Joseph, in doing so, we are not always going to be popular. I think it was Steve Jobs who once said, if you want to make everyone happy, don't be a leader. Go and sell ice cream. You are called to be elders in God's church. Therefore, be gentle, be kind, be loving, but above all, be faithful to God's word. The great reformer John Calvin once said this, that the shepherd ought to have two voices, one to gather the sheep, and another to drive away wolves. Aaron and Joseph, let the sheep hear your voice as you speak God's word over them. As you preach and as you teach and as you show people the word of God, you are gathering them to God as a shepherd. And when the time comes that wolves infiltrate the people of God, Aaron and Joseph, be sure that the wolves hear your voice too, scattering them and keeping the people of God safe. The first word to Aaron and Joseph is to be men of the word of God, to speak the word of God over the people of God. The second word for both of you is found in verse 7. You see, the people are called to consider the outcome of your way of life and to imitate your faith. This means that you are to live a life worthy of imitation. In 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul says to Timothy, watch your life and your doctrine closely. Don't just be orthodox. Make sure that your life lines up with the doctrine that you believe in. Pay attention not just to your doctrine, what you believe and what you confess, but pay attention to how you live it out practically and really in your lives. The late Howard Hendricks used to say, you teach what you know, but you reproduce what you are. So Aaron and Joseph, seek to be men worthy of imitation. Many times, your people will forget what you tell them, but they will always remember what you did for them. They will always remember the example that you set for them. Now, friends, this does not mean that you will live a flawless life. None of us are without sin. And if any of you claim to be without sin, that would probably be disqualifying as a ruling elder. All of us are men with feet of clay, and we sin. We are not called to live flawless lives. But Aaron Joseph, we are called to live an exemplary life, a repentant life. So can I say to you that one of the best examples you can set for God's people is your example of a tender heart 
before God? Is your example of being soft whenever you are confronted with your own sin and your willingness to own what you have done wrong and to repent? So, Aunt Joseph, the second word to you is to live a life worthy of imitation. The third word comes from verse 17. It says there in verse 17 that you are to keep watch over the souls of God's people as those who will have to give an account. You're not just called to speak God's word to your people and to be an example to them. You're also called to keep watch over their souls. You're called to lead them, to protect them, and to guard them from harm. And the only way you can do that, friends, is if you know them and if you love them. So Aaron and Joseph spend time listening to the sheep that God has given to us. Know them, love them, pray for them, and lead them as those who have to give an account. Sometimes that will be acknowledged, but many times the greatest acknowledgement of good leadership is when you see our people flourish in their own right. Nelson Mandela once said this, a leader is like a shepherd. He stays behind the flock, letting the most nimble go out ahead, whereupon the others follow, not realizing that all along they are being directed from behind. So that's the third word for you. Keep watch over the souls of God's people. These are the three words to the elders. Now to the members, there are two words here to all of us as we covenant together as God's people. Did you notice in verse 17 that the writer of the Hebrews says that you must let Aaron and Joseph watch over your souls, and me also, huh? with joy and not with groaning. In other words, the writer to the Hebrews is telling us as a congregation of God's people to not make life difficult for the shepherds who are watching over your soul and who are seeking to lead you. And friends, this exhortation is not just here so that the elders can have a good life. When you make things difficult for them, yes, they will suffer, but the passage actually says you will suffer too. Look at verse 17. It says it would be of no advantage to you why is that, friends? Well, friends, if you make Aaron and Joseph's work difficult, you are the one who will be disadvantaged. Why? Because it prevents you from receiving God's loving care through their ministry to you. So, friends, One Covenant Church, members, let me leave you two words from these verses. Verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Fine. This is not a mindless obedience and a mindless submission. You're not being called to be doormats. No, you're called to a humble and intelligent submission. Insofar as Aaron and Joseph are speaking God's word to you faithfully and exhorting you to live in light of God's word, they are bringing the yeses and noes of your kind and benevolent Heavenly Father to you. And as you give yourself to their teaching and their instruction and their example from God's word, you are putting yourself in God's kind and molding hands. The God who refines you, who molds you for your good, 
So the first word to our congregation today is to obey and submit humbly and intelligently to Aaron and to Joseph. The second word is found in verse 7. And it's simply the word remember. Remember. Now this word doesn't just mean to recall something. It has a sense of recalling something in order to act on what you know. It's why verse 7 says, remember, consider, and imitate. So church, remember. There will be times that you will forget. Remember, call to mind that Aaron and Joseph are your elders. Remember that it was God's good hand that has given them to us as a church. And consider. Now what does consider mean? Consider means to observe carefully how they live. Now, this does not mean to scrutinize them and point out every little fault. It means to observe them carefully so that you can imitate their life of faith insofar as they are living faithfully to God's word. And that, my friends, is how God reigns over his church. He hasn't just given us a word to listen to and information to imbibe. He's given us flesh, men and women whose examples we can follow. So the second word to you, One Covenant Church, is to remember your leaders. Consider their lives and imitate their faith. So Aaron, Joseph, One Covenant Church, These are God's words to us as we begin this life together. It is a high calling. It is one that we cannot do in our own strength and one that we should not take lightly. And therefore, let me leave you with one final word to all of us. And that is the word of the gospel. Did you notice that sandwiched between Hebrews 13, 7 and 17 is a very clear description of who Jesus is and what he has done. Verse 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Verse 12 says Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Verse 13 says, Therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. And verse 15 is so essential Underline this in your Bibles. Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. Aaron and Joseph, we will only be able to obey the word of God through the gospel of God, through the enabling of Jesus Christ. Members of One Covenant Church, we will only be able to obey and become all that God has called us to do because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that gospel, that word, is for every single one of us. The great hymn writer, John Newton, was also an Anglican minister. He was a former slave trader who later became an Anglican minister. He would often be haunted by his sordid past. And in his old age, he would say this, although my memory is fading, I remember two things very clearly. I am a great sinner, 
and Christ is a great Savior. I am a great sinner, and Christ is a great Savior. And that is the word, friends, that we all need today, the word of the gospel. To always remember, although we are great sinners, whether we are elders or members of the congregation, although we are great sinners, we have a great Savior, Jesus Christ. And it is only through him that we can exercise our role, the call that God has placed upon our lives, and to do and accomplish all that he has called us to do. So Aaron, Joseph, One Covenant Church, congratulations, and let's keep the gospel central.